it's a podcast. It's a podcast. It's a podcast. It's a podcast. It's a campfire gathering. I realize I haven't gotten any guests this summer yet, but it's because life's been hell. Maybe next week. We'll see. I gotta remember to send out that message. I mean, I guess we technically have lettuce as a guest, so I guess that counts. But it's your Anna Scarlet, so you know. Same old, same old, same old boring people, same old boring podcast. Or is it? Dun, dun, dun! Wait, we're not gonna be boring this time? Oh, dang, I didn't prepare. You should have told me sooner. Wow! <laughs> I'm not prepared for all of this. Uh, Just gonna straight up call stress. podcast. Just gonna straight up call podcast boring, huh? Should nah, also probably make it so I, that the audio be. coming out of my stream is my headphones. Yeah, you know, boring like like wood, like a, a wood borer. Do you guys want to hear about another invasive species? You're terrible. Um, <laughs> occupy, occupy podcast for a minute. I gotta go to the bathroom. I forgot to pee. It sounds like you do want to hear about another report. invasive species. Yeah, why don't you uh, talk about it? Oh, seriously? Okay. Um. Yeah, so the invasive species I was just referencing there is the emerald ash, or uh, the emerald ash borer, which I did a uh, presentation on when I was in like fourth grade. Can you remember it? Um, no, not much of it. Pretty much only the only stuff I remember is just common knowledge that I know about from uh, just life in general, but. Uh, I don't remember where the bug originates from. I believe it's an Asian beetle. But uh, what they do is we have all these native ash trees here in the U.S. And the ash borer bores into them. And create the, uh, the best way to identify that it's an emerald ash borer causing the damage is that they leave a very distinctive boring hole. Which is in the shape of a D. So it's not perfectly round. There's a flat side to it. And then what they do is they bore into the wood, and they hang out like in the soft part of the wood, in between the bark and the like mature part of the tree. And they go through there and they eat, and they lay their the the eggs and the larvae hatch. They eat, then they leave. They find more trees, burrow in, lay eggs, and the cycle continues. And they've destroyed most of the ash trees in Michigan. I know. And a lot of it, most of them in the Midwest and uh, East Coast. So I believe the ash borer is moving west and northwest. I don't know how prevalent it is of an issue in Canada. I do know they have them, but I don't know how many ash trees they have up there because I'm not Canadian. Jesus, Jesus Christ, lettuce! lettuce man walks in. Man's walks. Man walks in the stream, renews his sub. With Prime, and then just spams the number nine for his nine month uh, sub sub streak. So this man has a Twitch baby and just screams the number nine. Nine 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 nine. <laughs> no, Garly, I need to look at chat. It's just it's three almost three full rows of the number nine. Yeah, you're right. No, hablo uh, español. We I don't I don't speak if that language. That you is a lot of nines, me. though. Oh my goodness. 
And he's just like, I didn't mean to do that. What the I heck you mean you didn't mean to do that, you little butt? Don't listen to Yang Lettuce, you are awesome. Anyways, um, shut up about what you're talking about. Aww. That's okay. I've got something more important to talk about. Anyway. I've got something more important to talk about. Okay. Guild Wars is dead to me. Oh, I thought you said this was going to be funny. I, I'm i getting to it. Guild Wars is dead to me, but not for the reason that you think. So, Can we please talk? Guild, Wars is, Guild Wars is dead to me because, to put it simply, Final Fantasy uh, introduced something Guild Wars doesn't have. In the next patch, we're getting a jellyfish mount. So Guild Wars loses, Final Fantasy Superior, because we're getting a space jellyfish. I'm sorry, Gon. I'm sorry I had to learn this way that uh, Guild Wars is dead to me. I mean, it was kind of pretty dead to you anyway, so... No, I was mad at it. I was mad at them, because it kept making mistakes. But then Final Fantasy was like, yo, but space jellyfish, though? And I was like, what do you mean space jellyfish? And then I saw it, and I was like, yo, space jellyfish, though. <laughs> like, it's literally a space jellyfish. Hold on, I'll get, I'll get the link, and I'll share it. It's, it's like, the coolest freaking thing ever. I want it so badly. It's, like, literally a space jellyfish. That you that you ride inside of, like I wane it, like I wane it. It's it's so cool. Every uh, space jellyfish, every space jellyfish. You ride inside of it. It's like oh my god. It's a squishy UFO. Yeah. But it's also a jellyfish, so it's clearly superior. If now, you say so. Just shut up. Jellyfish are the best. Now, yeah. the only problem... I don't, I don't like them. They sting me too often. You're clearly doing something wrong. Now, the only problem yeah, is that... That was my mistake. Is <laughs> Anyways, that um, they're either going to be a beast tribe unlock, which is a grind... Which means I have to get to end get to the final expansion, or they are a a uh, savage raid reward, which is the hard mode raids at the highest level, and if they're which means either way, I am ready to suffer or grind. I do not care which. I'm getting that mount because. It's a freaking jellyfish. I don't think I have to explain to you why I'm getting a jellyfish mount. Well, I will miss you guys in Guild Wars. I mean, it doesn't mean I'm not going to go back. I'm probably going to go back every, like, once in a while. But until they get their shit together... Um, pardon my French. Uh, like... I have no reason to go back right now until they get their, their act together. Because, like... They're not. They're not making me happy. They're just annoying me with their stupidity. Like they 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 could be doing such cool things, like balancing every class to be enjoyable, but instead they're 
And Lettuce, I don't know if you saw this. We talked about this last week, but I don't know if you saw this. Um, pre the changes to Mechanist or to Engineer's uh, auto attack animation on the one skill for rifle, the rifle was clocking in at just under 20k damage. Post changes, uh, rifle auto attack with smart cast enabled on mech, only auto attacking. The rotation is just pressing one, and then in the mech auto attack, the DPS is reaching near 27,000. Like, come on. Did y'all really have to, like... Oh, it's just... It's dumb. Oh. But, um... Yeah. Moving on. What were you talking about before I so rudely interrupted you? Invasive species. Continue, girl. I was talking about a boring invasive species. Wow. Just call cause... yourself out like that. No, 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 because it bores. It's an emerald ash borer. I'm making fun of you. <laughs> you I know that. I'm, I'm also, like, you know, trying to be Very... funny, even though I'm not, because I suck at being funny. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I mean, but... sometimes you do. Hmm? Some, yeah, sometimes, sometimes you do. Sometimes. Most, Most of the time, <laughs> you're just like, eh. Most of the time, you're just like, eh. Eh, yeah, I have the occasional clever quip, but for the most part, yeah. I'm pretty much, eh. I mean, I guess you're funny in some way, shape, or form. I'll try too hard. But. I think I think that's your problem. I think you try too hard. I mean, that's what I said. I'll call myself out on that. Good. Good. <laughs> Good. But, uh, Good. anyways. What was I talking about? Oh, yes. The Emerald Ash Bar. Uh, yeah, so I was just talking about how it, like, kills ash trees. I think that's what I'm gonna do from now on. Every podcast just cover a different invasive species, a little bit. Like like how we were gonna cover a different random topic, like the flat Earth conspiracy. Which, yeah. by the way, um, screw whatever you were talking about. You're great, Nal Garland, but um, we got we gotta talk about we gotta talk flat about some Earth. stuff. Oh, yes, yes, we gotta yes, talk about some Earth. more flat Earth. Okay, okay, okay. So like. Flat Earthers are just kind of dumb, right? Well, I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't like calling anyone dumb. Really, they think the planet's you can have flat. High intelligence and still be ignorant. Mmm. I don't know if I don't know if ignorance is the word I would use for these people. Especially not when they've run tests and like nothing's come up. And it's like every test they've run is like, oh yeah, by the way, um, you're wrong. And there's like, no, the test was just wrong. <laughs> like, my guy, what? You're like, what annoys me the most is like actual scientists are like, no, 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 no. The Earth is flat, and it's like, <sighs> you know what? I'm actually curious about there, about this. Are there astronomers? That, are there astronomers in NASA? <laughs> Are there astronomers in NASA? Mm. Uh, Are there astronomers that believe the 
Earth is flat. To any... Alright, alright. I don't like the way that's laid out. That's a YouTube video. I don't want to watch that. Physicists will find it shocking, but there are plenty of people... Oh, uh huh, Nani. Oh. Shy show it throwing hearts at us. Run! Uh... Physicists will find it shocking, but there are plenty of people around the world who genuinely believe the Earth is flat. Rachel Brazil explores why such views are increasingly taking hold and how the physics community should best respond. Physics? In 2017... Yes, because uh, astrophysics. In 2017, the U.S. rapper B.O.B., real name Bobby Ray Simmons Jr., who is one of my favorite musicians, and then when I learned that, I went, You are an idiot, sir. I don't like you anymore. Started a crowdfunding campaign to launch a satellite. Didn't know that. The rapper, a vocal proponent of flat earth theory, wanted to seek evidence that our planet is a disc, not a globe. His aim was to raise $200,000. That's not enough to launch a satellite in orbit. What? Later up to $1 million, on the GoFundMe website with the aim of sending one or more craft into space to help him find the curve. The term that flat earthers use to describe the edge of our supposed disc-shaped planet. The rapper's quest may seem like a joke or publicity stunt. Indeed, there's currently no evidence that BLB raised much money or got anywhere near his goal. However, in the last few years, there's been an alarming rise in the number of people who, like BLB, believe in flat earth theories. I don't... I don't like where this is going. It's not answering my question. I want to know if there's any astronomers that believe that... Oh, why isn't there a single astronomer who thinks the Earth is flat? Good! The first argument will be diminished by anyone who has dealt with the astronomical community. It isn't plausible for the world's astronomers to be colluding in such a fashion. If they are unconvinced, I encourage you to spend some time with astronomers at your local astron astronomical society. It shouldn't take long for you to realize that the conspiracy idea is unrealistic. The second argument is the one most flat Earthers go with, i.e. astronomers are misinterpreting their data when they say the Earth is round. This argument is as problematic when you consider its scale and the consensus that has survived thousands of years across cultures from all over the world. It's highly unlikely that every single astronomer, astronomy professor in history is wrong, while a small group of people with no qualifications or practical experience is right. Occam's razor. Um, the easiest solution is normally the correct one. In this case, the easiest solution is y'all are dumb and you're wrong. Um, it's more likely that the qualified people are right, especially when you consider the next point. In my experience, flat earthers don't know much about astronomy. I've dealt with hundreds of them, and so far I've ever I've never met one who really knows the positions and movements of celestial objects as seen from Earth. Sometimes they claim a rudimentary understanding, and there are plenty of YouTube videos in which flat earthers talk about astronomy, but none of them demonstrate the kind of knowledge that you'd see at an amateur astronomy club. This is an important point because the first requirement of any cosmological theory is this. Does it match what we see? If it doesn't, it fails. But if you don't even know what we see in the sky, how are you testing your theory? Magic. I, like, I, Magic and false I, assumptions. My Okay. I don't remember if we talked about this. But my favorite theory... Earth is triangle. Let us... Don't, don't fuel this. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite theory about the flat Earth... <laughs> is that... I kind of love that you have a favorite theory. Okay, your, so... Uh, now I want to hear your least favorite theory after this, too. Um, oh, I have a least favorite theory. Don't worry. And it's a really dumb one. Um, 
My favorite theory is that uh, is their answer to gravity. So you see, we kind of need gravity or else we would float into oblivion. Uh, oh, lettuce. Let me get to that, buddy. Um, if we don't have gravity, we float into oblivion, known as space, the great beyond. So, what's their answer? <laughs> their answer is that Earth is moving so fast upwards in space at such a speed that the downward force applied by the speed that the disk of Earth is moving at is creating gravity. You know what the best part of Because I have heard this theory before. The best part of this, in my, in my opinion, is that they're using physics in a way to try to, like, logic this, right? My favorite part is that they're using physics well, wrong. Well, no, no, no. Because... That's my, my point. That's my point. Is they're using, like, trying to say that gravity, so a very a basic principle of physics, uh, applies in this scenario, but yet they'll ignore a bunch of other uh, parts of physics that indicate... Like, like how, <laughs> like how, um, like how the amount of energy and fuel needed to keep the Earth moving at that speed, if it was flat, is unattainable for the amount of time the Earth oh, has existed for. We probably would just burn up immediately. Okay, maybe not immediately, or take some time, but. And, but when you say that to him, it's like, no, 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 you just don't understand. It's like I. <laughs> I don't think you understand because you same people believe that the Earth is on a turtle's back. Wait, they or think it's a discus turtle? What? They, th I'm not done. Or right, right. you, th uh, people go. Okay, so what about the North and South Pole? You know that rounded edge at the top of the planet. Those don't exist. It's actually a giant ice wall around the entire limiting circle of the flat Earth, where beyond that is an unknown region scary what you've been reading too much game of thrones <laughs> like literally oh literally gosh. the ice the ice wall they describe is just straight up the wall from from game of thrones yeah no that does sound a lot like it. i would like and i'm to like see, like, and i'm like paper are you... by these people oh i'm sure you can find one hold on hold on hold on I mean, hold on flat oh, earth I'm sure it's a gravity theory thing. I want to look up. Gra I want to look up gravity theory. Which and I, and I don't mean to like uh, say these and people are dumb. Flat they're not. Well, they're Earth probably not. But ice just wall theory. Definitely ignorant. Okay. Oh. Where is it? Okay, that's just okay. Hold on. I don't want to. I want to watch a video. Oh, but you do. Okay. Okay. YouTube okay. knows all. Where is it? Um. Oh my God. Michael Marshall, project director of the Good Thinking Society in the UK, talks about flat Earth belief and its relationship to conspiracy theories and other anti-science activities. Uh, Science doesn't exist, clearly. <laughs> anyway, sorry, go on. I didn't mean to interrupt. 
Okay, um... So tell so the person who's interviewing. So tell me, what do the Earth flat Earth people uh, think, and what do they think it, and why do they think it? So you've got to sort of unpack that question a little bit because it's very easy to, to, for us to see the flat Earth movement as one singular cohesive movement, and that's how I first thought about it when I first came across it in 2013, when I came across the Flat Earth Society in the UK, and so I had a conversation with the vice president of the Flat Earth Society, and I assumed, as you probably have in your mind, that people who believe the world is flat think that the world is a disc. And in the center, you've got the Arctic Circle. Then you've got all the continents of the world sort of splayed out to fill the circle. And in Antarctica, is like the edge of the disk. But what I found out when I first spoke to the Flat Earth Society is that not everyone in the Flat Earth world has that version of the world in their heads. Some do believe it's a disk, but others believe that, yes, there's an Arctic Circle in the middle and there's the land masses around it. And then on Antarctica is the ice around the edge. But instead of it being a discrete disk, some people would believe... In fact, Antarctica just goes on forever in all directions. And so they believe the Earth is actually an infinite plane in all directions. That bisects reality, which is a really lovely idea. Uh, this sounds like the beginning of a really cool D&D campaign. I know, right? That's the worst <laughs> part. That's the worst part is that is that flat Earth, like... You can be smart in some aspects, but completely stupid in others. Yes, Shy, you're right. But the thing that frustrates me the most is that the like flat earthers come up with these like crazy ideas, but then like you look into them, and you're like, that actually sounds like a really good plot for like a stupid fantasy story. Like, what the hell? So what do we learn? Uh, if you ever need to r some inspiration to write a book, just look up conspiracy theories. If you ever need to have basic ideas of like world building for your D and D campaign, or just look the, up conspiracy theories. Yeah. Well, let the uh, let those people do the hard work for you. Okay. Oh my god! <laughs> no. Uh oh! What is it? Oh no! This sounds great. Do shit. <gasps> okay. They have, on the Wikipedia page, they have per country, and they have two countries listed. Oh, no. And the most one of them, flat earthers in Canada? There's only two listed, and I don't think it's a completed article, but, like, the first country is Canada. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I, I read it, and part of it just, like, it just speaks volumes to me. Like, okay, so, Canada. I'm flat Earth Society of Canada was... No, 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 You'll understand what I mean in a minute. All right, all right. Flat Earth Society of Canada was established on November 8th, 1970 by philosopher Leo Ferrari, writer Raymond Fraser, and poet Alden Nowlin, and was active until 1984. Its archives are held at the University of New Brunswick, calling themselves, oh my god, Planoterrestrialists. Their aims, I got that right on the first try. Their aims were quite different from other flat earth societies. They claimed a prevailing problem of new technological age was the willingness of people to accept theories on blind faith and to reject the evidence of their own senses. Oh, wait, were, were these the people who made it just to mock flat earthers and then they ended up recruiting more flat earthers? Hold on. The per the parodic intention of the society appeared in the writings of Ferrari as he attributed everything from gender to racial inequality on the globularist and the spherical earth model. Ferrari even claimed to have nearly fallen off the edge of the earth at Brimstone Head on Fogo Island. Ferrari was interviewed as an expert, with the heaviest quotations, in the 1990 Flat Earth mockumentary In Search of the Edge by Pancake Productions. <laughs> In the accompanying study guide, Ferrari is outed as 
globularist, a noun, a nounce word for someone who believes the Earth is spherical. The real intent of the film, which was part funded by the Ontario Arts Council and National Film Board of Canada, was to promote school children's critical thinking and media literacy by attempting to prove in convincing fashion something everyone knew to be false. So it was literally a parody that they did to try to prove that, that to try to prove to people that to, you shouldn't just believe everything you hear. Um, very Canadian. Very, very, uh, very late 1900s Canadian. But then, relaunch. Multimedia artist Kay Burns recreated the Flat Earth Society of Canada as an art project with her alter ego, Iris Taylor, as its president's president. Burns created an installation entitled The Museum of the Flat Earth, which included some artifacts from the 1970 group. It was exhibited in 2016 at the Flat Earth Outpost Cafe in Shoal Bay, Newfoundland. Oh, that was your first mistake. Why does that not surprise me? Why, why, why am I not surprised that Newfoundland is there? Oh, Italy is the other country listed. In Italy, there are no centralized societies on Flat Earth. However, since the 2010, small groups of conspiracy theorists who carry out meetings started to emerge and to spread Flat Earth theories. Among these are Caligero Greco, Albino Gallipini, and Agostino Favari. I butchered all three of those names. Who organized in 2018 to 2019 several meetings in Palermo, Sicily, with an entry price of 20 euro. All right, the fact that you're charging money for this is proof enough that you don't actually believe what you're saying. Or maybe you do, and you just wanted to be able to fund it. Uh, my God, are you ready for this, girl? Are you too ready for this? Probably not. Let's hear it. Oh my God, this is so funny. NASA is, among their claims, some include NASA is similar to Disneyland and that astronauts are actors. The April 2019 supermassive black hole photo at the core of the supergiant elliptical galaxy Messier 87 is a complete fake. And the proof Earth is flat lies in a filed lies in a filled bottle where, if placed horizontally, water never curves. <laughs> oh. It does. Not because the Earth is round, though. But that, that's funny. Oh. In addition to these, it is their common. Oh. It's just in Garland's a flat earther. <laughs> in addition no, no, to these, that the, the water does curve. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not a flat earther. I'm not yeah, a flat yeah. earther. <laughs> so, in addition to these, it is their common belief that the United States has a plan to create in Europe a new America open to everyone, where the only value is consumerism, and that George Soros commands a satanic globalist conspiracy. <laughs> They reject the past existence of dinosaurs, the Darwinian theory of evolution, and the authority of the scientific community, claiming scientists are Freemasons. Oh my god! This was was ridiculous! And then it just. And then then you're like, man, it can't get much worse. And they're like, hold my beer store. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Former leader of the Five Star Movement political party, Pepe Grillo showed interest in the group 
admitting to admiring their free speech spirit and to wanting to participate at the 2019 May conference. In the end, however, Grillo did not appear. I... <laughs> oh my god. Okay, okay. Can we just talk about how it is their common belief that the United States has a plan to create in Europe a new America open to everyone where the only value is consumerism and that George Soros commands a satanic globalist conspiracy. Let's go down the rabbit hole. Who the hell is George Soros? I'm sure we've already got down that rabbit hole. We're, we're already there. George <laughs> George Soros is a Hungarian-born American businessman and philanthropist. As of March 2021, he had a net worth of 8.6 billion U.S. dollars, having donated more than 32 billion to the Open Society Foundations, of which 15 billion has already been distributed, representing 64% of his original fortune. Forbes called him the most generous giver in terms of percentage of net worth. He's a, he's a Nazi Germany survivor. Born in Budapest to a non-observant Jewish family, Soros survived the Nazi occupation of Hungary and moved to the United Kingdom in 1947. He studied at the London School of Economics and was awarded a Bachelor's of Science, I believe is what that is? Yes, Bachelor of Science in Philosophy in 1951, and then a Master's of Science degree also in Philosophy in 1954. So, what is he? Investor, hedge fund manager, author, philanthropist. What? What? Why do you believe he runs commands a satanic globalist conspiracy? What the? F What's globalism? Wait. Globalism refers to various patterns of meaning beyond the merely international. It is used by political scientists such as Joseph Nye. To who the hell is Joseph Nye? Okay, no, to no, describe he's attempts. An economist, isn't he? Uh, he's a political scientist, actually. Okay, well... An American political scientist. Yeah, I watched an interview um, of him talking about uh, economies and such. To describe yeah. attempts to understand all the interconnections of the modern world and to highlight patterns that underlie and explain them. While primarily associated with world systems, it can be used to describe other global trends. The concept of globalism is also classically used to distinguish the ideologies of globalization, the subjective meanings, from the processes of globalization, the objective practices. In this sense, globalism is a globalization is to globalization what nationalism is to nationality. The term is now frequently used as a pejorative by by far right movements and conspiracy theorists. Fault usage in this way has also been associated with anti-Semitism, as anti-Semites frequently appropriate the word globalist for Jews. What? That's like a, that's like a turn. Yeah. They also, I love how they reject the past existence of dinosaurs. Okay, uh, mm very specific thing to reject. Uh, the Darwinian theory of evolution. Okay. And the authority of the scientific community claiming scientists are Freemasons. <laughs> Excuse me. I yawned. But also... Freemasons? Guys! What do you mean, Freemasons? Sorry, what'd you say? I heard Freemasons. something mean free... Well, hmm? What do you mean, Freemasons? Oh. 
Is that, is that an actual question? No, it's more like a, what do you mean they're Freemasons? Why did you, why did you go, like, why did you go from this random person is a, commands a satanic globalist conspiracy to scientists are Freemasons? Like, what? Who needs logic? What do you mean? What do you mean? I don't think they know what they mean either. I'm so conf- I'm- I'm confused. I'm concerned. I'm worried for these people and their mental health. Like... Are you guys okay? Do- Do you guys need a hug? They probably do. Do you- Do you guys just need a hug? I feel like they just need a hug. You know what I mean, Neuron? Everybody needs hugs. I feel like they're like desperately looking for a hug. So they're like, let's come up with the most random deranged <laughs> shit ever to hopefully get a hug. Now, if that's your plan, guys. I don't want to tell you how to live your life, but there's easier ways to get hugs. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, there's like a really easy way to get a hug. Just, just, just ask for a hug. That's all you gotta do. It's just ask for a hug. I'm sure, I'm sure someone will give you a hug. Lots of hug. There's lots of huggy people out there. I mean, lettuce will probably give you a hug, right, lettuce? I don't hug people. I don't know. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop talking about flat earthers now. <laughs> Oh, hold on. I may... Are you going to keep talking about oh flat earthers? Oh my, oh my god. Effects of and empirical evidence for spherical shape. Okay. These are all proving the spherical shape of the... Of, of the oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Why, does, why do we need to have these? Why did... Gravity. Oh. The laws of gravity, chemistry, and physics that explain the formation of rounding of Earth are well tested through experiment and applied successfully to many engineering tasks. Ignoring the other concerns, some flat Earth conjectures explain the observed surface gravity by proposing that the flat Earth is constantly accelerating upwards. Such a conjecture would also leave open the for explanation the tides seen in Earth's oceans, which are conventionally explained by the gravity exerted by the sun and moon. <laughs> So, guys, you sound broken, Yang. <laughs> I'm so worried about our future. Okay, all right. Flat Earthers cruise will sail to Antarctica, ice wall at the planet's edge. Right. Okay. I don't. 
right. Organizers of an annual conference that brings together people who believe that the Earth is flat are planning a cruise to the purported edge of the planet. They're looking for the ice wall that holds back the oceans. So this is from March 22nd of 2019. The journey will take place in 2020, and this is on the Live Science, the website LiveScience.com. The journey will take place in 2020, the Flat Earth International Conference recently announced on its website. The goal? To test the so-called Flat Earther's assertion that Earth is a flattened disk surrounded by at its edges by a towering wall of ice. Details about the event, including the dates, are forthcoming, according to the FEIC, which I can't believe they have an acronym, which calls the cruise the biggest, boldest adventure yet. Titanic would argue with that. However, it's not worth noting that nautical maps and navigation technology, such as global positioning systems, work as they do because the Earth is a globe. Believers in a flat Earth argue that images showing a curved horizon are fake and that photos of a round earth from space are part of a vast conspiracy perpetuated or perpetrated by NASA and other space agencies to hide Earth's flatness. Oh yes, clearly. God, y'all don't know what Occam's Racer is. <laughs> these, these and other flat earth assertions appear on the website of Flat Earth Society. Allegedly, the world's oldest official flat earth organization dating to the early 1800s. You know, when the internet was made. However, the ancient Greeks demonstrated that Earth was a sphere more than 2,000 years ago. And the gravity that keeps everything on the planet from flying off into space could only exist on a spherical world. No. But in diagrams shared on the FES goddamn acronyms website the planet appears as a pancake like disc with the north pole smack in the center and an edge surrounded on all sides by an ice wall that holds the oceans back <laughs> this ice wall thought by some flat earthers to be antarctica is the destination of the promised FEIC cruise Oh, there's just one catch. Only one. Navigational charts and systems that guide ship, cruise ships and other vessels around Earth's oceans are all based on the principle of a round Earth. Hank Kaiser, former cruise ship captain with 27, 23 years of experience, told The Guardian, GPS relies on a network of dozens of satellites orbiting thousands of miles above Earth. Signals from the satellites beam down to the receiver inside of a GPS device, and at least three satellites are required to pinpoint a precise position because of Earth's curvature. Cager explained. Had the Earth been flat, a total of three satellites would have been enough to provide this information to everyone on Earth, Cager said. But it is not enough because the Earth is round. Whether or not the FEIC crews will rely on GPS or deploy an entirely new flat Earth-based navigation system, for finding the e end of the world remains to be seen. You know what the flat earth navigation system is? What? A map. <gasps> it's flat. It has earth on it. But it's based on a curved earth! <laughs> what I want to know is how these people, uh, like, uh, 
rationalize weather because all the weather, like weather patterns, weather I patterns primarily travel right, correct? Well, because of uh, how the Earth is rotating to the left. Actually, that's looking well. Looking Garland. south. So, like, how do they figure that the the weather goes from like? That's the way the like wind is going, don't you know? Okay. Always? Are you are, are you are you ready? Are you ready? Hmm. From the Washington Post, published more than two years ago, on February twenty fourth of twenty twenty, the weather helps disprove the flat Earth hypothesis. Oh, did the Earth you were flat. Just get to that as I was mentioning it. No, I looked it up as you were talking. Oh, okay, okay. If the Earth were flat, hilarious. the weather would be nothing like it is today. The Earth is round. It may seem like an obvious fact that we've understood since primary school, but for body for a body of flat earthers, the concept of a globe-shaped Earth is paramount to what they claim is the biggest conspiracy theory ever to exist. Their science is laughable, their evidence baseless, and their claims prone to falling flat. Pun intended. But that hasn't stopped flat earthers from devoting a lot of effort to a cause that lacks dimension. God. That's terrible. Oh, the puns. The puns are strong. That cause turned deadly over the weekend when Mad Mike Hughes, self-styled daredevil, flatter theorist, and limousine-jumping stuntman died in a rocket accident while trying to prove the flat earth hypothesis correct. That's sad. But even the weather shows the earth isn't flat. Here's how. If the flat earth hypothesis were true, you would be crushed to death. Because of the way gravity works, which we all encounter in our daily lives, every molecule of air would be drawn to the Earth's center of mass because the Earth is a globe. Uh, because the Earth is a globe, this means the atmosphere settles around the Earth, pulled towards Earth's center, but is stopped by the Earth's surface. The air pressure depends on height through a relationship known as hydrostatic balance. But in most known places, but in most places where we live, the air pressure is within tolerable limits. But if the Earth were flat, a disproportionately large chunk of the air would be drawn toward the center of the disk that flat earthers believe in. Air pressure would range from near zero, or no atmosphere, at the edge of the disk, to massive values toward the middle. So if you lived in, say, Australia, or Southern America, you'd probably suffocate from a deficit of oxygen. And if you lived too close to the North Pole, you'd end up getting crushed by the weight of the atmosphere. Sounds pleasant. Rain and hail would fall sideways, and you might drown. On a flat Earth, the pull of gravity would be directed toward the planet's middle. Flat Earthers contend that the, that's contend that's the North Pole. So rain, hail, and every other form of precipitation would fall toward the North Pole. At the pole, and close to it, all that precipitation in the air would cover would coverage and eventually pile up. Above and near the pole, the moisture would pile up high into the sky. The oceans would bulge up too. With the temperatures that exist in the North Pole, it might freeze, leaving giant ice pylons towering high into the sky. Some of it could be liquid, so there would be a column of water suspended in midair. Though that, through that same process, a rocket launched into the air would eventually find itself returning toward the North Pole rather than the Earth's surface. The sun would never set. Have you ever experienced it in its nighttime? Then you've witnessed proof that the Earth, the earth isn't flat. Flat Earthers say the sun is a 30... Is, oh, flat Earthers say the sun is 32 miles wide or about the diameter of the city of Houston. Oh, no. And they argue that the sun rides around in circles about 3,000 miles above the Earth. So not only do you believe that the Earth is flat, but you also believe that we're the center of the universe. Oh, God. 
if this were the that case, proved so long ago though. That's so sad. If the if this were the case, the sun would never set because the Earth is supposedly flat. There would be nothing for the sun to set below if it were to travel along such an arc. I crunch the numbers based on what the flat Earth proponents say. Even in the dead of winter, the sun would never drop below 14.7 degrees altitude in Washington, D.C. It's about the same height the sun appears around 7 p.m. on July evenings. We would all freeze. Or burn. Flat earthers say the sun is 32 miles wide. Wide. Side note, I checked their math twice and found an error. If the sun were really only 3,000 miles above us, as they claim, it would have to be about 27.9 miles wide, not 32. But even that is ignoring other problematic issues. Uh, hold on, okay. Um, for the sake of argument, let's say the, th the sun is 32 miles wide and it's parked 3,000 miles above, the flat, above flat Earth's surface. If we keep their tiny sun at the same temperature as the actual sun, which is... Rough, nearly, really roughly 865,000 miles in diameter, we can do the math to figure out how much solar radiation we would get. It may surprise you to learn the flat Earth disk has nearly two and a half times the surface area as the actual curved version of Earth. If we assume the flat Earther's tiny sun is heating at all, we'd freeze, missing out on more than a third of the solar radiation we actually get from the sun. In other words, human life wouldn't exist. But let's say we keep the surface area of the flat Earth the same as our actual planet. If we distributed it the same and intercepted solar energy over the Earth, over that Earth, we would be way, way too hot. Most, if not all locations on Earth, would be uninhabitable. I'm about halfway through this article, by the way. So, like, if either of you two want to, like, break, like, get a break in the in the monotony that is Flat Earth for a minute, let me know. You're how Lunar far in the article? I'm about halfway. Um, I think it's pretty interesting, but, uh, I don't know. I, I'll say, I'm, I'm enjoying reading this. Mm -hmm. Lunar eclipses? Well, no. You may have seen the moon plunged into a blood-red hue during a total lunar eclipse, with dim sunlight passing through the atmosphere, bathing the moon in its eerie glow. Lunar eclipses are much more readily available. Than, you know what? Yeah, we get the idea. Um, it's just... It's just... These guys are dumb. Um, now, reading this... Is reminding me of something. So, Garland. Yeah. I have a question for you. Okay. You know about A and W, right? Yes. Is we're going like we're going in a completely different direction than flat Earth now. All because of all because of articles, and I want to read this article. So. I love it. My favorite article. The, Can the Canadian version or the American version? Well, I've never been to a Canadian uh, A&W, so I can't speak either way with that. There are barely any A&Ws around here. I think I've had it maybe once, and I'm pretty sure. Garland, you yeah. saying that you like American A&W is scary to me because American A&W is the worst one. It also depends on which A&W you go to, just like any... No, no, Garland. It's actually worse than Canada. The menu is completely different. 
That, that's fine. Uh, and I, it also I, okay. The uh, two main A and Ws I go to have two completely different menus as well. So it probably depends on the venue as well, specifically. Do either of them have the Mama Burger, Papa Burger, Teen Burger, Buddy Burger, Matzo Burger, Grandpa Burger? Uh, some of those, yeah. Why? So, uh, because they're owned by two completely different companies. Okay. American American A and W is owned by a completely different company. Okay. Well, both of those have uh, both the ones have definitely have the Papa Burger. I don't know about the other ones. That is that is the only burger that American A and Ws have from the Burger family. Oh, okay. Um. So, one day, Mom and I were getting A&W, and I just decided, I'm going to look up the difference between Canadian and A&W, Canadian and American A&Ws. And I came across one of my favorite articles on the internet. Because this person has a way with words. Here's why A&W tastes better in Canada than it does in the U.S. This is uh, from July 5th, 2017, on a website called Paste by Chasen Gordon. When I moved from Canada to the U.S., there was no greater disappointment than when I first went to an A&W, naively assuming it would taste the same as the one I had grown up with in Canada. After all, McDonald's, Wendy's, and Burger King all do. That's debatable. Wendy's tastes a little bit better up here. Uh, but the moment I... And I can say that because I've had I've had Wendy's in the States. Uh, but the moment I bit into the burger, something seemed wrong. The patty was a lifeless salt lick, a disc of oil and burger essence trapped between overly thick, mushy buns, like hospital pillows that one might use to quietly smother somebody. I'm saying the burger was bad, though the root beer was good. And it wasn't just that location. Thanks to the standardized system of fast food, I could find the same awful burger and mediocre onion rings at A&W locations across the country, most of them in the Midwest. Since I had already signed a lease and started a job, it was too late to move back to Canada. I cried for several days. Back home, the teen burger is a revelation. Flavorful and juicy with a hint of peppercorn. It's far superior to anything offered in any other chain. Even looking a little like the picture. I will admit they do actually kind of look like the picture they use. And whereas the U.S. onion rings feel like oily, spongy handcuffs, their Canadian brethren are crisp life preservers. But the root beer is the same. Can Canadian and American A&Ws are fewer than 50 miles from each other across the border, and yet the distance and quality is even greater. Cheap line. How does this travesty happen? The A of A&W took form in 1919 when Roy Allen opened a simple root beer stand in Lodi, California. Much Lodi. in the same way that you'll sip your... Whatever! In Lodi, California. Much in the same way that you'll sip your beverage while waiting for a burger, the public had to wait until 1923 for the burgers to show up at A&W's first drive-in restaurant, which Alan opened with Frank Wright. He's the W! They soon began franchising all over the country and crossed the border in 1956 with restaurants in Montreal and Winnipeg. By the 70s, A&W had more locations than McDonald's. Clearly, some sort of ESPN 30 for 30 fall from grace is about to occur. Most Canadians associate the 19, 1972 with the historic Summit Series between Canada and the USSR. But I'll always think of it as the year A&W, U.S., and Canada got divorced when Unilever bought the Canadian franchises. It was a divorce that worked out better for Canada. Today, there are more than 850 A&W franchises in Canada. That was five years ago. Easily outpacing Burger King and Wendy's and slowly inching closer to McDonald's 1,400 Canadian locations. The U.S. has a, few, has a mere few hundred joints, many of which exist in humiliating A&W KFC's combos, 
Where KFC is clearly the headliner. I have never seen a combo like that. Uh, the problem. I, see? I don't uh, know who it. Taco. The one that we went to was an A. Was an A. Was an A and W KFC. Yeah. Combo. That might have been part of the problem. But I, I've also seen uh, Taco Bell and Pizza Hut together. I've seen Taco Bell and KFC before. Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, and KFC are all are all owned by the same. I just company. think it's so funny, like that. That they even tried to make Pizza Hut. The one I saw but, actually closed down, like, I think probably a year or two ago. Yeah, but but also, Garland, it's not it's not just because of the combo. It's it's actually just the standardization of the entire franchise in America is just, it's not as good I'm not as saying it's Canada. better. I'm just saying that... No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. If you come up across and cross the border and get A&W up here, it might ruin American well, A&W well, for you. I'm not saying the American A and W is great. No, I'm neither. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it's terrible. I'm just saying. I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it's terrible. I'm just saying the Canadian one is better. That does not inherently mean I'm saying it's terrible. I mean, it is. It's American fast food. American fast you're the food one is saying just it's, terrible. You're the one saying it's terrible. I'm just saying the Canadian version is better. No, did the one that you visited in America have cheese curds? Yeah, that's okay. something only America has. Canadian A&Ws don't have cheese really? curds. Really? That's interesting. There's just too many better No, they have poutine. Oh, we have poutine. Okay, yeah, so they just go all the way. Why sell the cheese curds when you can just sell the poutine? That's what we want. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the poutine. Anyways, um... The problem may begin with the menus. At Canadian A&W's, you'll find a baby burger, mama burger, papa burger, grandpa burger, uncle burger, and even a buddy burger who stops by because he wishes he were part of the family, like Owen Wilson in the Royal Tenenbaums. The American menu is a broken, rudderless family, chaotically featuring a papa burger, cheeseburger, hamburger, county dog, and chicken strips. Where's the foundation? Similarly... uh, Just while we're talking, talking about the menu... That is one thing that is always was always a part of my childhood. Is every Tuesday they would have uh, like sixty five cent coney dogs, so we'd always go down and get a coney dog on Tuesday after swim practice. Hmm. So it's like so a you're blind, blind, you're you're blinded by nostalgia. Got it? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I readily admit that. Anyways, um. Similarly, U.S. A&W went through so many changes of ownership and identity that it lost track of its roots, resulting in franchise discontent- discontentment and inconsistent quality. After A. Alfred Taubman purchased the company in 1982, a freeze was placed on franchise development and A&W dropped to fewer than 500 locations. They tried a new upscale cons- concept with a large salad bar and homemade ice cream. That didn't work. They tried developing minimalist kiosks and malls called A&W Hot Dogs and More. Only a few are still operating. To be fair, one of their failed concepts was not the company's fault. In the early 80s, A&W introduced a third pounder to compete with McDonald's Quarter Pounder, which featured a bigger third pound of beef, performed better in taste tests, and was even less expensive. An aggressive campaign pushed the superior product, and Americans turned it down. Taubman griped about the nationwide rejection in his book Threshold Resistance. This, this annoys me. More than half of the participants in the Yankelovich focus group questioned the price of our burger. Why, they asked, should we pay the same amount for a third pound of meat as we do for a quarter pound of meat at McDonald's? You're overcharging us. Uh, uh, Honestly, people thought a third of a pound was less than a quarter of a pound. After all, three is less than four. (laughs) You gotta realize these are the same people who want to stick to the imperial system instead of the metric. 
Garland, who knows where the company would who knows where the company would be today, or even the country itself, had those Americans paid closer attention in math class. Mm-hmm. We could have at least avoided this article. Make, make no mistake, I do want AW to succeed. It's an American icon. But the icon is being better sustained in Canada. I can only drive north so many times ostensibly to see friends or family, when in reality I'm seeking only the warm embrace of a teen burger. <laughs> this is my favorite part. During my last trip to Vancouver, I sat in one with tears and eyes, reveling in the sandwich and knowing how long it would be before I could return. When all seemed lost, a sliver of hope shone through the fog of my frosty root beer glass. On the counter sat a, sat a stand of little orange bottles filled with A&W burger seasoning, apparently housing everything Canada is in a slim cylinder. Are these for sale? I asked the cashier. Of course, he responded. Fools! I yelled, laughing maniacally. I'll take ten! Twice, so I took something with me when I left and stashed them under my car seat like a criminal before crossing the border. I kept nine of the bottles for myself so I can always smell Canada from my apartment in Seattle. The other I placed in a box and mailed to the USANW headquarters in Lexington, Kentucky. That's how you start a revolution. <laughs> Just the fucking last line of that. That's how you start a revolution. Oh my god, come on, man. It's like, it's one of my favorite articles to read just because of the payoff at the end. It's such a dumb joke, but the payoff is just like, well so beautiful. So it's so beautiful. 2017. Okay, so it's been a while. Looks like the revolution didn't go well. No, no, it didn't, sadly. It's unfortunate, really. It is indeed. Did I just... Did I just lose? Yeah. So during COVID, my favorite A&W decided to remodel. They got rid of a couple of their menu staples that they used to have, and they got rid of their old-fashioned like, jukebox as well that they had that you could put a like like to play like. Music. So did sad. they get rid of the co- did they get rid of the coney dog? No, no, this is a totally different or the one. chicken strips. No, that one they got rid of their taco salad. <laughs> Leave. <laughs> Leave. <laughs> A and W taco salad. Get the it hell away from me. Taco Bell Association. It leaks across. I'm so mad at you right now. <laughs> because you just said A and W had a freaking taco salad. <laughs> Alright, so I'm just I'm just gonna name off a couple of burgers because A&W has had some crazy burgers over the years. Like every month they do a special up here in Canada. So you've got the teen. So these are the ones that are normally on the menu. You got the teen burger, the double teen burger, which, uh, wait, wait, is it, did you just say the double teen burger? Yes. Oh Charlotte. goodness. Okay. It's a double, it's a double burger. Yep. It's two patties. Yep, for sure. Get your mind out of the gutter. No gutter. I see no gutter here. You disgust me. <laughs> so the teen burger, a perfectly seasoned grass-fed beef patty topped with real cheddar cheese, mouth-watering bacon from pork ribs without the use of antibiotics, crisp lettuce, onion, tomato, pickles, and teen sauce, served on a freshly toasted sesame seed bun. Okay. 
sounds so good. As a teen burger. Uh, the matzo burger, my personal favorite. A perfectly seasoned grass-fed beef patty topped with real mozzarella cheese, mouth-watering bacon from pork raised without the use of antibiotics, crisp lettuce, tomato, and matzo sauce served on a freshly toasted sesame seed bun. It is the best burger they have. The double matzo burger, obviously. Got the mama burger, which is uh, onions, pickles, ketchup, mustard, mayo, uh, grass-fed beef bun, grief, beef on a sesame seed bun. Papa burger. Shut right, up. Anyways. Uh, Papa Burger is a is just a two patty Mama Burger. Uh, Grandpa Burger is the three patty burger version. The Cheddar Bacon Uncle Burger, a perfectly seasoned five ounce grass fed they they they're all about their grass fed beef. Mm-hmm. Grass fed beef patty topped with real cheddar cheese, mouth watering bacon from pork raised without the use of antibiotics, red onion, crisp lettuce, pickles, and a tomato served on a freshly toasted sesame seed bun. You got the Buddy Burger, which is a perfectly seasoned 1.6 ounce bur- patty with per- uh, with freshly grilled onions, ketchup, mustard, and teen sauce served on a freshly toasted bun. Uh, you got the Double Cheese Burger. You got the Baby Burger, which is, uh, I believe it's just a uh, 1.6 ounce burger topped with ketchup and served on a freshly toasted bun. And then last but not least, you have the thing that started it all up here. This literally started the craze up here. The Beyond Meat Burger. A Beyond Meat patty made from plants topped with crisp lettuce, red onion, tomatoes, pickles, ketchup, mustard, and mayonnaise. That was the... That's the uh, Beyond Meat Burger up here. It was so popular that it, like, it just, like, vanished. It Like, they were always out of stock once it came out. You also have the Chubby Chicken, which is, like, eh. Their chicken strips aren't that great. And as someone who's, like, super into chicken lately it's like mm, if you can't win me you can't it means they're not that great well, they got uh they got their sides they got blueberry turnover russet cut fries onion rings sweet potato fries chipotle main chipotle mayonnaise poutine gravy apple turnover root beer lollipops I, man i gotta go to AW tomorrow now <laughs> um are you going to share? I want to, like. Okay, hold on. A and W Canada monthly specials. We do specials every month. Let's see. It's like. One month they'll do the um, two dollars fifty cents for a mama burger, or they did uh, October twelfth and November twenty second in twenty twenty the truffle mozzarella buddy burger. Uh, they've done the mushroom mozzarella buddy burger, mushroom mozzarella burgers. So whenever A and W comes out with a special monthly burger, I go and try it. It is, it is. It's a rule I gave myself where whenever there's a burger they have on that's special for a limited time, I have to go and try it. Uh, Truffle mozzarella burger. That was okay. Cheddar jalapeno burger was actually pretty decent. Bourbon steakhouse burgers was actually really good. Double cheese, double bacon is what you would expect. Um, Never had the smoky smoky barbecue. 
Never had a mushroom mozzarella. I don't. Th I didn't have mushroom mozzarella because they were. Uh, I wasn't going out much when they were around. When they started, because I was during the pandemic. Uh, peppered bacon. I don't think I had. The fifty-six burger was amazing. I love that. I, I wanted them to bring it back permanently. Uh, didn't have the sriracha teen burger. Uh, this this episode of the podcast is just Yang talking a lot. Mm. Um, uh, what else have we got here? We have teen burger guacamole, guacamole picante. Interesting. Never heard of that one. The bistro buddy burger, which I don't think I had. The best burger ever burger. That was good. That was good. That was a good burger. So mad I only got one of them. What was on that one? Uh, um, from what I can see, it's a uh, cheddar, mayo, or like special sauce, grilled onions, and then I think that's a jalapeno. I can't remember. I believe a patty may have been like a prime rib patty. I don't remember. Um, it was good though. Uh, they have they've had like the mushroom melt burger. Which was the first one I ever tried, and that was the one that made me go, I have to try every burger they come out with. Yeah, mushroom mozzarella burger. That was the first burger I ever had from them. And um that like that was the first like specialty burger I ever had from them. And uh it made me go, Alright, I have to try every single one of their burgers that they come out with. I've missed a few Oh, it was a mushroom onion melt. Like, I've missed a few of them because I didn't get a chance to have them. Like, in 2021, they had one that I wished I could have had, which was, uh... It, I think it was the mozzarella mushroom burger. I didn't get a chance to have it then. Uh, I know it was a burger with mozzarella on it. I didn't get a chance to have it because that was in Newfoundland and Dad and I never went into the city to get a and enough. And I didn't notice it fast enough. Oh, they're Gouda burgers? Oh, they're smoke like ask Yori. I had it while it was the while I was like in walking distance from AW while I lived in Ann's. It was the best burger I've ever had from AW was the smoked Gouda burger. I wish I could have it again. Well, maybe they'll bring it back. Maybe. But you know, they have uh they do some specials, like they do so every month. They do specials, and it's always like, man, it's so good. Nine one eight W. It's all Carla's fault. Mm -hmm. Yep, it is entirely my fault. I mean, yeah, it is. Yep. Oh. You two got anything you want to talk about before we end podcast at some point tonight? Um, not really, honestly. You want to tell us stories? You want to tell us stories about your new, your new friend at work, hon? Nah, it's fine. No one wants to hear me complain, honestly. You don't want to tell Garland about your your new friend at work? 
who you love and adore so much? I mean, he's fine. He just needs to learn how to do his job. Brilliant. Can you, can you tell I'm being sarcastic? Uh, I can tell this person definitely is not on the in the running for Yori's best friend award. Bit of an understatement. I'm gonna be honest. Bit of an understatement. It's uh, yeah. It's uh, you know. We'll just say that he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. And he's got his finger and his thumb with the shape of an L on his forehead. Mm. <sighs> yeah, do unfortunately you, there's lots of you, people like that, though. Do you, do you like my smash mouth? <laughs> oh, did I tell you guys about what happened? Uh, oh, uh, you can feel free to talk about this, this guy if you'd like. Um, That's fine, you can go. Uh, I mean, I think. I mean, uh, she she doesn't want to. I'm just yeah. being I'm just being a doof. Um, let me pull out the receipt. Okay, so I was at work last weekend. Receipt. Yes, I have a story to tell. Wherever I stuck my receipt. Okay. Um, where did I put it? I guess I can just summarize numbers. What the heck? It should be like right here. Hmm. Yeah, okay, so. Oh, found it! Nope, that's not it. Yeah, I'll just make up numbers. I know approximation. Uh, anyway, so I, I work at a, as a, ca a part time cashier at the greenhouse, right? I mean, I'm not like just a cashier, I'm basically whatever they need me to be. Mm -hmm. On the day, any any given day. Um, mm -hmm. last weekend, as it was super busy, I got called up because I needed help cashiering. So I went from stocking to there, and uh, just going through the day, going through the long line of customers and customer after customer for a couple hours. You guys know the drill. And uh, as a uh, cashier we of course use registers well the registers at this place where i work are very um i'd like to say complicated but they're not like really that complicated they're just like jumbled i think is a better word because there's a lot of different categories you have to hit but each register is different so if you have to switch registers and the other register you go to runs slightly different has like the same general stuff but stuff's just in a little bit different places and you have to do things in a little bit different order so it kind of makes the job a little hard if you're working on one and then you switch over or working on another suddenly and when you've got a lot of customers you're running through and trying to be as efficient as possible uh, <laughs> I made a mistake with one of the customer's or, uh, receipts, or, uh, orders, I guess. 
And I mean, mistakes happen, they're pretty easy to fix, but how this customer, well, how one of the customers for this transaction reacted is what kind of made it uh, just so memorable. And that's why I saved the receipt, just because it's funny, but, uh... Oh boy. Yeah, so as soon as this guy and his wife came into the store, my coworker Adrian, immediately kind of, like, realized that this guy might be a problem, because he was kind of, like, nitpicking everything with his wife, kind of being, like, overly, like... Being a butthole. ...pushy and loud and obnoxious about, like, everything she was trying to get. He clearly didn't want them to be there. But they were there, so he was gonna make it hell for everybody. So when they came up... At that point, that's when you say, please leave. Yeah, sir. right? Well, it was getting to the point that my boss was just about ready to, uh, like, call the police on him. But, um... Oh my god. Yeah, which apparently she's had to do before. Thankfully, it never escalated to that bad in this scenario. But, um... Anyway, so my coworker immediately, like, kind of saw that this guy was a problem. I wasn't aware of it. I was just going through helping people, being happy, and telling people to have a good day. You know, like a good cashier. But, uh, <laughs> I'm being sarcastic, of course. Uh, kind of. I mean, I don't know. I've never been a cashier in a different job. But anyways, so while I was ringing this, these guys' order, order up, uh, he kept, like, kind of, like, rushing me and, like, pushing things across the counter and just, like, Overall, just being like really kind of impatient and make go away. away, and but like I, I'm still like being cheery and like trying to chat with them and be like, oh you know Me. little hot today and oh that was part of it too though it was super super hot like like get the hell out of the my real face, field what? temperature so it was getting near a hundred with that and it was like a hundred percent humidity we'd been having storms off and on for a couple of days but it was just humid as hell and then <sighs> hot and we're in a building with no air conditioning so that definitely doesn't help people's temperature. so it was satan's balls in the sahara pretty well yeah the sahara would be a dry heat though. i think i'd take the sahara over this i don't know that it was Satan's balls <laughs> oh, in Sahara. Right. Um. Hmm. I'd Specifically, not Satan's that. balls. Thankfully, it smelled better than I'd picture that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not that uh, much, though. We get pretty stinky when we're working in there. But, um, I, was, I was about to say, how would you know what Satan's balls smell like? <laughs> well, Yang, um, I have my ways. <laughs> that just sounds so wrong. <laughs> You don't want to know the answer to that question, Yang. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> Anyways. I'm good, um, thanks. Moving on. So I'm ringing these folks up, and at one point, the, the, the gentleman makes a comment, and he's like, Wow, uh, $3,600 for some strawberries. That was pr that, that, that's a lot. I was like, yeah, you know, and I'm just going along with the joke. I was like, yeah, you know, these prices are getting kind of crazy now with inflation and whatnot. And he Did you actually ring it up for $3,600? Uh, I did ring up an item for that. And uh, oh. at, the at the moment, though, I didn't realize it. I thought he was just joking because he just, like, I said mean, it so, be like... Yeah, to be fair, the way he said it was kind of, like, very dismissive and... Yeah, it just seemed like a really joke. Really stupid. And we were just, like, talking, and he responded the same way he had been. So I was like, yeah, you know, just playing along with it. And then I get to the receipt, and I was like, oh, shoot, I did mess up. 
So I printed the receipt, canceled the transaction, and was looking at the receipt to see where I messed up and to type things in and redo the transaction. I wasn't going to, like, reweigh everything. I might as well just use the numbers I already had. Because I knew what I'd done. Uh, I just clicked, like, the, clicked the uh, prices in. Because we have to manually put in all the prices. There's no barcodes, no nothing. So I put in the price for one, and instead of pressing the category that the thing belonged in, I just pressed the other one instead of, of like so it basically just combined the price of two items together instead of like but instead of adding it it's like just adding on more digits so instead of having two three digit items which would be like a dollar in some odd sense uh it was one digit uh, one item that was uh, a couple thousand dollars in some odd sense which was a lot for a thing of strawberries <laughs> needless to say girl <laughs> Yeah. Girl. yeah, our strawberries are good, but not that good. I haven't figured Girl. out where to get the gold when crust them with that uh, yet, but we'll figure it out. Girl! <laughs> what are you trying to sell this man? <laughs> well, you know... They're the special the kind of strawberries? Special. Yeah, they, uh, they give you... Trying to, you trying to sell this man crack cocaine? <laughs> okay, you know, you're calling me out, Yang. Uh, yeah, do you want some? Uh, I've got an order. Uh, you know, he didn't want it, so there's uh, $3,600 worth of strawberries you can have. Scarlet. <laughs> um, that are filled with... Stop. With that, but, uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> stop that. Okay. Story. <laughs> oh, God. But, wait, it, it, it does get worse. And uh, Do, do you want to do your story, though, first, Yuri? Uh, no, you might as well finish yours. Because I can re- return to this. Oh, I mean, it's just, it's a little thing. Uh, the, when he said crack cocaine, that reminded me. So we were, like, it was, like, a while ago, a few weeks ago. We were just waiting to clock out, because for that day, we got done early, which is nice. And so we were just talking in the hallway by the the uh, machine. So we, we, basically, we have, like, electronic badges that you just tap it, and they clock you in and out. So we were just waiting until, like, time to clock out, because there was literally nothing for us to do. We'd finish everything. Um, and we were having, I don't know how we got on the conversation, we were having a conversation about how drugs are bad. Um, and like, you know, there are <laughs> like medical marijuana versus like our hard drugs and like how hard drugs are worse sort of thing. And one of our techs, uh, we're talking about that and she, uh, she has terrible hearing, so she talks very loudly. Um, and so she just says crack cocaine and then we all turn and down the stairs comes an interviewee. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we all look at her and then as soon as she like so she comes on the stairs goes to the hallway into the lab and then uh we all just like die laughing because of course it would be at that point in time because she was like crack, like she was basically was going on the, the tangent of crack cocaine is bad um but like she said it really loudly and it was just, that was funny timing. I'm pretty sure that's one of the new girls that started this week, but. Oh, boy. She hasn't said anything, so. <laughs> oh, boy. But it was just funny. It was just one like, of those wow, timing this is a things. a really fun job. <laughs> Wait, we get crack cocaine here? <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> so is that a thing I'm going to get while I work here? Am I going to get some crack cocaine? Needless to say, our manager, he was not upset with us, but he was just like, really, guys? <laughs> <laughs> He was just like, guys, 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 come on. Have a little decorum here, people. What the heck is spaghetti? 
<sighs> so, uh, the, the, you said the interviewee didn't say anything. Uh, no, she hasn't said anything. Uh, uh, oh, I, I think it's her. I don't remember exactly who it was at the time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I, I just think it's, yeah, that's funny. One of those uh, oops moments that happened just right at the right time. Right at the wrong time. Oops, I did it again. Oops, we're not I talked about cocaine. <laughs> Clearly, you guys uh, just had way too much fun at that job. I mean, some nights are fun. Other nights are absolute hell. But, you know, depends. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. It all depends on what we smoke. Hey, whatever has to get you through the night, right? What kind of a head cannon am I making right now? Wait, why are you making a cannon for heads, Yang? Shut, Garland, go away. I can't. I need to finish my story first. I'll finish your story then. I'm done. Oh, okay, okay. <sighs> right. Um, so, after I realized that one error, I was looking at the receipt and typing everything out, and then I realized I didn't just make that one error. I made two. I wasn't just trying to charge him $4,000. I was trying to charge him $6,000. Because there was oh also some uh, $1,400 bananas that I charged him for. I actually don't remember if they were Garland. bananas or what, but, uh... Garland. Okay, first off, what is this dude's credit limit? <laughs> like, you accidentally charged him $6,000 and his card went Ooh, through. Well, okay, uh, when I say charged, I don't mean actually charged. Um, I, uh... I typed it in for the receipt. That's not what I scanned the credit card for. Thankfully, no. I I always look at the receipts after uh, after I uh, finish uh, like typing everything out just to double check to make sure everything looks right. Because if I notice so you that it looks us. like there's a hundred extra dollars on it or an extra twenty or ten extra or whatnot, seven thousand. You lied to us. Seven thousand. <laughs> then I, I fix Garland. it then before I tell the uh, the customer that there's the, that big of a discrepancy. Garland. Garland. You lied to us. Yeah, I just misspoke. I I do apologize. But hey, at least you I didn't try to charge you $7,000 for a couple of vegetables. You lied to us. I was just thinking of where to continue. So anyways, I started typing that out, putting, re, uh, retyping the stuff. Because I had canceled that receipt, so I didn't read in the register or anything. It was just canceled from the whole uh, program and stuff. So I was retyping the things and kind of trying to figure out and translate what I put on the paper to what it actually was supposed to be. And as I'm doing that, the gentleman is like, uh, uh, give me that. I need to, I need to look at it. I was like, uh, sir, I'm working on fixing it. And he kept interrupting me and he's like, no, give me, I need to look at that and show you something. No, uh, sir, I'm sorry. And he just kept interrupting me over and over again. It was, I mean, when I say over and over again, it was just a couple times. And after the third time, I'm just like, okay, whatever. Here you go. And I let him look at it. And he said, look at this. You can't charge people this. And he was just getting louder and louder. He's like, this is ridiculous. You cannot charge people this. And I'm just like, like, man, I made a mistake. Let me do my job so you don't have to pay that. Yeah, and that's what I said. And that's what I said. I like, and I said, sir, it's just a mistake. I'm working on fixing it. I just need that paper so I can f- finish fixing. And he just kept getting louder and louder. And I get that it was hot. He didn't want to be there. And I made a mistake. 
But it doesn't give you that right to be that mean to a cashier who's not getting paid very much. Just just because I made a mistake does not give you the right to be a dick. For sure, right? And at that point, when he started basically yelling... Now, he didn't quite get to yelling, but he was loud enough that like you could hear it throughout the store. My my boss, uh, she walked up and she just like calmed down the situation. She it was just like, sir, very calmly, just like, sir, you cannot treat my cashier like that. You know, it was just a mistake. She's working on fixing it and was just basically diffusing the whole situation. And most importantly, she was giving a bit of authority behind my words because I was just sitting there trying to explain it to him and he wasn't listening at all. So it, uh, at that point that he just kind of like crossed his arms, kind of like rumped away and just kind of stopped interacting with me at he that threw, point. He, he threw his hissy fit. Yeah, and then he got he angry. Right there on the floor. But uh, it was just. Sat on the floor, crossed his arms, just, did a harumph yeah. and cried a little bit because he's a giant <laughs> child. That would have been kind of funny. But uh, no, it kind of reminded me of that interaction we had on the tree farm. Uh, last year, I think it was, with the guy with the chainsaw. Chainsaw? Yeah, you guys remember this. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking chainsaw guy. It just, like, he just reminded me so much of that guy. I was just like, I just wanted to laugh at him, honestly. I wanted to laugh at his face and be like, why? Why do you think that this is gonna help anything? Because, like, it's so silly to freak out about something like that when, like, someone's trying to help and is being respectful and cheerful to you and you just, like, freak out at him i'm like i just like what's going on in his head but like of course laughing at that situation is a good way to escalate it out of out of the world but uh my manager was really worried that i was gonna get super upset because of his confrontation but uh well i I was just like oh well you know it's funny and that's why i kept the receipt (laughs) I'm going to remember this just over an hour. <laughs> I feel like it's a good time to call it for the night and let people go to sleep Sounds or to work. Fine to me, because I have work in the morning. But yeah, yeah, you should probably go to work too, Yari. Or, so alternatively, that, we stay up all night, play Stardew Valley, and forget everything. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You yeah, know. I'm pretty sure so we'd be real mad at me if I didn't show up tonight. <laughs> Yeah, no, you should definitely. Yeah, with that, we're going to end it. So, as always, twitch.tv slash Y-A-N-G-Y-A-M-A-N-A-G-I for uh, live watching of the podcast. Um, I'm working on stuff in the background for some other stuff so I might have more stuff to talk about next week we'll see how that goes otherwise y'all have a great life slash week slash weekend slash whenever you listen to this episode bye bye see ya